someday when this happens or when I achieve this, then all of a sudden there's going to be this like amazing magical moment where the clouds part and rainbows shoot out of the sky. And then I'm going to be happy. Then everything's going to be amazing. And it's like, no, let's make life happier, more joy filled every single day because we're doing things that are tied to something so much bigger than us. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington, where we chase purpose, not money. I'm your host, Patrice Washington, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited about today. We're sitting down with my girl, productivity expert, author, amazing entrepreneur, Tanya Dalton. She is here to teach us how to reverse engineer our goals by using what she calls cathedral thinking. This is a game changer, and she shows us how we can build cycles of self-trust. Many of us just don't go after what we want because we don't trust ourselves to actually get there. You are going to want to stick around. But before we jump in to this week's episode, let's get to our affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I am clear about my goals and focused on intentionally bringing them forth. It is impossible to get what I want out of life if I don't know what I want in life. I need to be clear about my intentions in order to bring them forth. I must write them down and be as concise with any details as possible, especially those dealing with numbers or financial objectives. I will break larger goals into smaller steps to make them more realistic and achievable. Clarity breeds competency. Clarity breeds confidence. And when I am clear, opportunities will appear and begin to lead me in the direction of everything I say I want effortlessly. Today's guest is my girl, Tanya Dalton. She's a best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized productivity expert. Tanya is the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity Company, a multi-million dollar company providing tools that work as a catalyst in helping women do less while achieving maximum success. She's also the host of the podcast, The Intentional Advantage, receiving millions of downloads from listeners around the world. Serving as a growth strategist for female leaders, Tanya's first book, one of my favorites, The Joy of Missing Out, was named one of the top 10 business books of the year by Fortune Magazine. And her highly anticipated second book, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success, will be on sale next week, October 12th. Without further ado, here's my girl, Tanya Dalton. Welcome to so the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Tanya. Oh, uh, we're going to have so much fun, Patrice. I mean, because you and I, we could talk forever. I, I know. We say that I, all the I, time. I, we always say that. I finally was like, I should probably start the clock. Like, we should probably start recording or we'll just talk for an hour. But what That's I so love true. is that every time we talk, I just learn something from you. I'm always so encouraged and 
I feel so blessed to have access to a woman like you that I can FaceTime with you and chat with you and text with you. And, you know, it was just like a couple months ago that you came to the committed to the call challenge that I was doing. And the women were so blessed, Tanya, and they still talk about you. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, I think, you know, you and I, of course, are so aligned and we just we really want to impact women and and let them see that their best life is out there. And so uh, to hear those amazing words from you and to hear that your uh, your followers and, and the women in your community have been impacted by me, that just that makes my whole day, it makes my whole week. Oh, I love it. I love it. OK, so I want to start here, Tanya. Even when you came to Committed to the Call, you really came with the productivity gems, right? Like you were dropping (laughs) how we get organized, how we really maximize our time and really determine how to prioritize what matters most. What is the link for you now that you have this book on purpose coming out between productivity and purpose? Mm -hmm. I like that question because, uh, you know, people come in the door because they see that shiny object of productivity and they're like, I need to be more productive. So I say when people come in the door, they're like, oh, productivity. And I'm like, yes, yes, productivity. They come in the door and I'm like, okay, it's really intentional living. Living productively really is about being intentional with our choices, with how we live. You know, I am redefining productivity, just like you're redefining wealth. I'm redefining productivity that it's not about doing more. It's doing what's most important. And if we're redefining productivity, so it's about what's doing what's most important, that means we're prioritizing. It means that we're doing fewer things, but things that are more meaningful to us. And that's that's really the heart of what productivity is to me. It's just a way, a vehicle to get us to feeling really good about our days, feeling really intentional about the way that we're living and soaking up every single moment and finding that happiness that's already there in our days. But we're just so busy, we don't see it. So let's choose not to be busy and let's live in the moment. Let's let's have an extraordinary life. I love this so much because very similar to redefining wealth, right? It's like the carrot mm-hmm. that I dangle. <laughs> Yes, is is yes. right is about oh people find us because they're like I need to find someone who can help me budget better mm-hmm. like I need to right. find someone who will tell me what accounts to you know open up or I need and they come to redefining wealth and they're like oh oh wait oh. a minute <laughs> oh hold on a moment that's not what I thought but may I do need this but right? I do need this and mm-hmm. you're right the other parts of my life are truly impacting my finances. And I've never intentionally made a decision to even unpack that. But now that I'm aware, I can start to really look at these other parts of my life. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. They're not even aware. I think we're so busy being busy. We're so busy Mm -hmm. living. We're going through the motions of our everyday life. And we think to ourselves, this is just how life is. Or this is just the way things are one day when X, Y, and Z happens. Someday when this happens or when I achieve this, then all of a sudden there's going to be this like amazing magical moment where the clouds part and rainbows shoot out of the sky. And then I'm going to be happy. Then everything's going to be amazing. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not, that doesn't even happen in movies for crying out loud. Let's make life happier, more joy-filled every single day because we're doing things that are tied to something so much bigger than us, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
you went from the joy of missing out to on purpose. Why this conversation for busy women? Yeah. So, well, it's funny because I write, I wrote the joy of missing out and then Harper Collins was like, we want you to do another book, like write a second book. So I was like, great. Why don't we do it on goal setting? Everybody loves goal setting. Everybody, you know, gets excited about goal setting. Let's write on goal setting. And they're like, that sounds amazing. So I sat down February of 2020, mapped out this whole outline of what we're going to talk about. I mean, I could teach goal setting all day long. I've taught it to thousands of women how to set and achieve their goals. Cakewalk, right? Ah, oh, no problem. That's February 2020. And then March, you know, 2020 happened. And I think we all know what happened there. For me, it was suddenly homeschooling my kids, suddenly filling out paperwork for the government, like PPP, trying to keep my business afloat, keeping my team feeling good. So I was like, outline for a book? What book? Can't even think about it. So I pushed it off, pushed it off. And it's one of those things where we we were kind of chatting about this before we, we started recording. Like you have these best laid plans. And if they're super rigid, that's when they don't really work out. It's you got to allow some of that flexibility, some of that grace in life. And so I didn't, I didn't write for a couple of months later than I had anticipated. But when I did, I found that I had a very different book inside of me than what I had first planned out. That really, I was doing the same thing that a lot of people in the world were doing. As the world was like shifting and changing, people were saying like, what is it I'm doing? Why am I doing these things every day? What what does life really look like for me? What do I want it to look like? And so it stopped being about goal setting. And I realized goals are not the goal. Goals are the vehicle that get us to that bigger life that get us to that life we dream of, that a- the aspirations and the big dreams that we have. Goals are a vehicle to get us there. But ultimately, if we're setting our happiness on achieving a goal, we're not going to achieve that happiness because it's not going to happen, right? That finish line keeps moving back further and further and further. And when we're not tying our goals to what's most meaningful in our life, in that big vision of what we want, that's when we have that disconnect. That's when our goal setting feels difficult. It feels hard. It feels out of alignment. So the book really began to unfold very organically. I like to say that if you if you allow a book, like you start writing a book, you know this, Patrice, because you've written lots of books. So you write a book because you are, quote unquote, an expert on the seal. So you could sit down and be like, oh, I know what I'm talking about here. But if you allow it, if you allow the quiet whispers from God to happen, if you allow the words to come through you instead of forcing them, the book starts to evolve into something very different. And you start following some of these rabbit trails of where it's taking you. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize it was good. Okay, what about over here? And then I started to realize it's so much bigger. It's really about living on purpose, how we live a life that feels meaningful every single day, how we redefine success on our own terms so that the goals that we set for ourselves, so the daily activities feel meaningful, so that they feel nourishing and nurturing because that's how we find more joy. And that's really how we got to all of a sudden, not a goal setting book with goal setting in it, but not a book that's exclusively about goal setting and into purpose. I love that. And I love the process of letting that just unfold. You know, I tell you this all the time. Lisa Nichols taught me this, committed to the vision. So the vision was to birth a book, right? Do something next, but not attached to every word, every chapter, it must be this, right? When you let it kind of write itself and you're, you're really just the vessel. You're just like, you are. God used me because redefine wealth for yourself was not, that was not the draft. (laughs) What was published (laughs) 
March of this year yeah. was not actually what I started, you know, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. It took all kind of twists and turns. And I was so grateful in the end, Tanya, because by the time I got to the end, finally, I was able to incorporate the lessons from my students, from, you know, listeners, from the podcast. Yes. And there was so much more in there. And it wasn't about, oh, look at all the things that worked for me. It was like, this is possible for you too. And I'm so glad now I have these stories that come along with mm-hmm. it. These are not stories that I had when I started the book. I think that's the thing is when you surrender to the process, when you allow it to happen, that's when that's when it all comes together for that vision that you didn't even know you had in a way, mm-hmm. right? Because because God has a vision for us. He knows He knows the plan so much more than we do. Uh, we were talking about this, that he, he shows you so much. He doesn't see you staring, showing you the bend around the corner. Because <laughs> if you saw that, it might scare you to death. Right. <laughs> or you might be like, I can't do that. Seriously. So it really is, you know, like for me with writing this book and 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 obviously for you as well, having that space and that grace allowed a richness to happen. There's more mm-hmm. stories that happen. There's there's a deeper understanding of what it is you want the reader to get from the book that you wouldn't mm-hmm. happen if you just stuck to the plan. Now, I am a planner. Clearly, I talk about productivity <laughs> and you are the same. So this is the thing is you, you want to have a plan in place. You want to have kind of a roadmap of where it is you want to go, but we can't be married to it. We can't say, this is how it has to happen. I have to do X and then Y has to happen and then Z will happen. And then the next thing, right? When we're married to that, that's when those plans are so rigid that they don't have any flexibility for life to happen. And we Mm -hmm. want to allow space and grace for life. So it's kind of this really nice marriage of creating a plan for yourself, but also allowing that grace for the detours to get off of that map, because oftentimes yeah. it's the detour. That's where life really happens. That's where we're like, Ooh, I was on the highway before and I'm on this scenic route and I kind of like this. This mm-hmm. is, this is really more of what I want. And I think what happens is we get off the path and we immediately think that we have failed. We think we are terrible. The self-talk gets, you know, in high gear, where we're just talking about everything we've done wrong. When, if we stop and we recognize and realize maybe that original goal wasn't for us, that original vision, or maybe it was, and we just need to shift what it looks like for us to really work for us instead of us feeling like it's forced. You know what I've learned too? That sometimes the goal that I set, because I had that goal, it put me down a certain path that exposed me to other things, right? So it's not that the goal was wrong. It was the Mm -hmm. goal that I needed to have in order to start to ask different questions or better questions or align myself with different people who would then introduce me to something else. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, actually I can turn just a little because now that I have this information or access to these resources, I see how that goal can be redefined or shifted somehow or scrapped altogether. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where the grace comes in, you know, I think sometimes we are so trying to force ourselves to do this thing and it's just not even the thing. It's like, we're missing the joy in the journey because we're so focused on, like you said, happy when, when Mm -hmm. I get there, Mm -hmm. but what if that was only put in your vision to help steer and, and guide you towards this particular path? Not because that was the end all be all. Well, I like what you said there about the questions, because sometimes we don't know the questions to ask until we get there, 
till we get to a certain point and then we're like, oh, here's the questions to ask. I didn't even know this opportunity was available to me. I didn't even know there's this existed in the world. Now I realize that's what I want. And I think what happens is a lot of times we set our goals and we have a fire in our belly and we're like, oh, we're all fired up about it. And then, you know, a couple of months down the road or a couple of weeks, sometimes a couple of days, we lose that fire and we're like, but I have to do it because I set this goal. And so I have to see it through. Otherwise I fail, right? Mm-hmm. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. That's all a lie that we tell ourselves because right. winners quit all of the time or they shift their route or they change the way they're thinking. Um, and so what happens is we feel married to these goals. One of the things I talk about in the book is I used to say, write our plans in pencil, but goals should be written in ink. And that's the dumbest thing I could have possibly said, because goals should be written in pencil too. like erase those goals, shift them, change them, make them work for you. And I think sometimes part of the issue is we, A, we don't know the questions to ask, so we don't know what goals to set for ourselves, or we are not sure what to do. So we look around and we go, oh, she's doing something amazing Uh, over here. So I should set a goal based off what she's doing or look how she is killing it in my industry. So I need to do those things too. And we forget, we lose sight of who we are and our own unique gifts and the things that we bring to the table that really would allow us to have that ease in -hmm. our alignment. And instead we're pushing ourselves out of alignment by setting goals that we think we are supposed to set, goals that we should be setting because everybody else is doing this. Therefore, if I'm not doing it, I'm not succeeding. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And it's all about defining success on your own terms. You oh, choosing so what that good. looks like. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. So in the book, you talk about the practice of wayfinding and how wayfinding can help us discover Mm -hmm. our future path. So explain wayfinding to us, because I think it's appropriate here. 
Okay. Yes, I would love to. So wayfinding is, it's really based off of how the uh, Pacific Islanders centuries ago would navigate across the oceans. They had no map. They had no GPS, no iPhone, crazy enough back then. <laughs> so they had to figure out ways to, to make it to where they wanted to go. So they would use milestones and markers and landmarks in different ways to be able to go through. So the way that I think that you really figure out what your goals are is through that same process of creating some landmarks for yourself. So what we do is we look out into the future and we look at what is my potential. And I call that your cathedral. This is your cathedral thinking. So cathedral thinking is based off of, you know, in the 1100s, the 1200s, these city planners, these architects, these builders, they wanted to build these amazing, beautiful cathedrals that they knew would live on like centuries past them, like the Duomo in Florence or Notre Dame. And they knew that it would take, I mean, the Duomo in Florence took like five, 600 years to build. So it's so much bigger than just that day, right? They weren't like, we're going to knock this out no time flat. They were creating legacy for themselves. So if we look out into the future, what I call your cathedral, that's your potential. 10 years down the road, maybe even 20 years down the road, what's the potential of what I would like my life to look like? All right, if that's where I want to go, let's back up and let's create a little wayfinding map for ourselves. All right, if that's my potential, what's possible? If my potential is what I can do in 10 years or 20 years, what's possible in three to five years? What do I, what do I think is possible to get me there? All right, if I know that, that's still pretty far away. Let's back it up even more. What is practical? What is practical that I can actually achieve in 12 to maybe 18 months? And if that's what's practical, let's back it up even more into what do I need to prioritize? What do I need to prioritize in the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months to get me to that landmark? Those priorities, those are your goals. Those are the things that you can do right now to get you closer to that big cathedral, that potential. So again, we back it up. We start with potential, back it up to what's possible, then what's practical, and then we prioritize. Those priorities, those are your new goals. And that means those goals, they're aligned with where you want to go, which means when you're working on them, it feels good. It feels amazing because the work you're doing is aligned to something so much bigger, to a vision that you have created for yourself. That's when it starts to have meaning. That's how we figure out what our goals are for right now. And again, we might, that's, that's a map right there. And we may get off track. We may, we may have a detour or two, but it's all about understanding that this is my map, but it's not set in stone. We're not writing our goals in ink anymore. We're writing them in pencil and we're allowing it to shift. You are so brilliant. I love Wait a minute, can you say that again? (laughs) You, my friend, are so brilliant. Like I loved this. It was so clear because what we typically do is the reverse, right? We Mm -hmm. don't have any thought about where we want to be 20 years from now. We don't know where we want to be three to five years from now. And so it skews what we're actually putting our effort into on a daily basis. And so you look up and you're nowhere near where you want it to be, but you never really defined where you want it to be either. And so not only is it the helping you set your priorities now and your goals now, this is what dictates your yes and your no. What like oh, what am I doing on a daily absolutely. basis? What's on my calendar, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do I want to spend my time? I mean, one of the chapters is choose to create the time because the time is not going to magically appear. So we have to choose to create time. We do that by prioritizing. How do we want to prioritize? You, me, Beyonce, 
same amount of time in the day. She doesn't get anything more than you and I do. (laughs) Seems like it, but she doesn't. So it's really all in how we choose to spend our time, what we choose to prioritize. That Because 60 minutes is exactly the same. If you're on the beach with a fruity drink, with an umbrella in the straw, or 60 minutes before a giant presentation, it's the same amount of time. Scarcity and abundance do not apply to time. It is 60 minutes is 60 minutes is 60 minutes. It's all in how we perceive it, right? So when we choose to prioritize what we're doing with our time, that's when we're making movements towards that big cathedral. That's when we feel fulfilled. That's when we go to bed at night and we go, today was amazing. Today was incredible. I did amazing work. Even if you only accomplished a couple of things on your list, we get Uh so caught up in doing all the things, all the things that are bringing us everywhere, but where we want to go, right? If we did fewer things that were more meaningful, that were tied to that beautiful cathedral of yours, you would feel satisfied. You would feel successful. You would feel, you would feel just filled with abundance. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want women to go to bed at night feeling. I want women to go to bed at night and think, Today was amazing. I am amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Tanya, after the break, I need you to tell us why you say willpower and discipline are overrated. Right after oh, this. I'll be happy to. <laughs> so, in this episode, Tanya and I were talking about the release of our book writing process, how we both started with one idea and had to learn that you really just can't be attached to that. You really have to allow things to unfold. And I felt like I should share this story about Redefine Wealth for Yourself. As you probably know, it's my latest book. It came out in March, actually on my 40th birthday, March 15th, 2021. And it had been a long time coming. My previous books, I was able to knock out in less than a year, but this book actually took me working on it on and off for almost three years and definitely changed course several times. And the truth is, this book was not a bestseller, has not been a bestseller. I didn't even feel called to do a huge book launch. And so talk about releasing attachment because I thought this would be the biggest book of my career. This is where I shared the most stories about my personal life and the truth about so many different things that people have asked me about for years. And yet around October 2020, I started to feel this sense that I was not called to do all the things, that I wasn't called to enlist all of my good girlfriends and do some huge push and a huge launch. I was feeling called to literally sit on my hands, to do nothing. And I remember having girlfriends like Tanya Dalton and Lori Harder and Marshawn Evans Daniels and all the girls, Sherry Riley, Doreen Rainey, everyone was coming to me like, friend, what can we do to push the book forward? And here I was in this season, a different level of obedience. I felt like I was being called to trust that I did not have to force or push or manipulate anything. And wouldn't you know, originally I had planned to do this big virtual event, but it was going to be me live in a studio with all of you purpose chasers on the back of the screen. And it was just going to be phenomenal. I was 
ready to put the deposit on the soundstage and do all the things when I originally got that nudge and I decided, no, I'm not going to do it. And I couldn't even explain why. And it was frustrating because so many of my friends were launching their books and they were doing big numbers and they were doing all the things. And here I was learning to be content and learning to trust. But wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know the very weekend that I would have been doing that huge launch that week, my mom actually had a stroke. And so looking back, there would have been no way for me to be fully present and serve thousands of people in that way when I was worried and scared to death about my number one girl. And so sometimes things are just not going to turn out the way we initially envisioned. I'm glad that I had the vision to do the book because people are being blessed. And I'm so grateful for all of the feedback and all of the wonderful things people are telling me they're taking from the book. But it wasn't necessarily the season to do the most because I needed to be present for one of the people in my life who mean the most to me. And I'm so grateful for the obedience and I'm grateful that I leaned into that nudge because I could have created a disaster had I been disobedient. And not only that, one of the things that has really just blown my mind are the opportunities that I've gotten where people say, we actually purchased your book on Amazon. We read it from cover to cover and we know that you're the girl for this insert TV opportunity or for this really huge, huge opportunity that I can't wait to tell you guys more about. So I also learned that it's not so much about quantity, it's quality. A good friend of mine, Paul Brunson said once, he kept doing videos for years and had to realize that It wasn't about how many people were watching. It was about who was watching. And so sometimes when we're being led down a path to a specific goal, to something, you know, that we feel called to do, it's really important that we stay committed to the vision. But as Lisa Nichols says, not attached to how we get there because we have no idea how the journey is going to unfold. But our job is to just enjoy the journey and to trust that it's all going to come together for our good. Today's Ask Patrice Anything comes from Olivia in Dallas. I am a new wife and a new mom, and I wanted to know what tips you have for creating some type of harmony between work, being a wife, being a mother, being a friend. Um, I am very excited about starting a business and entrepreneurship, but it's very important to me that that's not the only thing that I focus on, that I also create time and space in my life for my family and friends. And I just wanted some tips on how you do that. Olivia, man, I wish I could say that I have always been good at this, but I'm glad that I haven't because I know what's possible for you. So early on for me, it was really difficult to quote unquote balance all of the different roles and the different hats, right? Obviously, if you're super focused on your business, there is something that is not going to get as much of your attention. But what I have learned over the years is to not search for balance. I'm actually looking for harmony which is trying to bring together as many pieces of my life that seem separate as possible. Um, For example, I'm going to film 
something really soon here and I'm bringing my family on the trip so that, yes, it's a work pillar thing, but we also get to experience the people pillar as well, where I will have some time for us to explore the city that we're going to and, you know, enjoy certain things together. And they get to see mom, wife in this element and also have a greater appreciation, I believe, for what it is I do in the world and how I serve people. And that's really important. I will say, too, that not assuming that things should happen spontaneously has been a real blessing, meaning what doesn't get calendared doesn't happen. And so instead of trying to hope and pray and wish that my husband and I have quality time together or that my daughter feels seen, supported, and heard, what I do is reverse engineer the calendar. So I put date nights on the calendar. I put getaways or staycations with my husband on the calendar. I put all of Reagan's activities on the calendar, and then the work has to fill in around it. The work is always going to get done, right? Because the work is attached to our livelihood just is what it is. And so we'll always make a time to figure out the work. But if we're not careful, we'll allow all our time to be sucked up by the work. And this is so hard, especially when you're on purpose and especially when you love what you're doing. So instead of trying to fit my family and friends in around work, I try to put them on the calendar first and then build work around it. And I hope that truly serves you too. So, Tanya, before we went to break, I have just been waiting to ask you this question because I know Mm. that so many of us beat ourselves up about not following through with the priorities or the goals that we set because we feel like we don't have the discipline or we don't have the willpower. And you say that both Mm -hmm. of those are overrated. You have to break that down for us. Yeah, I think that discipline and willpower is like one of the biggest things people like to blame on themselves. Like, oh, I'm the worst. I have no discipline. I don't have any willpower. So I can't follow through on my goals. This is why goal setting never works for me. All of those things, right? I can't accomplish what I want because I don't have the discipline. And they really are. They're, they're, they're overrated. I think, first of all, do you really want to be disciplined? That's a good question to ask yourself because we think we want to be disciplined. And I equate it to the white couches that I see like on Pinterest. Like I, I pin these images of the white couch and I'm like, oh, look at this living room. It's so gorgeous with this white couch. And I would love to have a white couch. And then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I've got two kids. We like to have popcorn during movie night. I have a dog and a cat. Oh my God, a white couch would be a nightmare. No, thank you, right? So it looks good, but it's not really what I want because I want to enjoy my home and not feel like I'm stressing over a stupid white couch, right? And it's the same thing with discipline. Do you really want to live one of those super regimented lives where there's no room or time for fun or just space to kind of blow things off. And we can also talk about distractions in a little bit because I think we want more distractions in our day, right? Mm, Which is really crazy for a productivity expert to say. (laughs) But if we're too disciplined, that's not going to happen. Really, disciplined people are just following a routine, a set of habits that they're doing on a regular basis. So if we choose to create some habits for ourselves, some healthy habits that feel really good, that feel really nurturing and nourishing, we will appear disciplined. We'll prove to ourselves that we can do it. We'll build up our self-trust. And it's really, really simple. One of the things that I say in this book is um, that we think that the opposite of stuck is unstuck. Like there's this magic moment where all of a sudden, oh, we're unstuck. 
The opposite of stuck is action. Taking an action, a small action, a little tiny action, a teeny tiny step. And that's how we start to build up this self-trust. This is how we begin to understand we don't really need discipline. So let's say, let's say money is your issue, right? Let's say that you're like, oh, I'm the worst with money. So you have this belief that you're not disciplined with money. Well, what is a tiny action that we can do on a regular basis that will create self-trust? So create this cycle of you believing in yourself. Well, let's say that you decide, you know how I love automations, Patrice. What if you create an automation mm-hmm. that on Fridays, you call that financial Friday, and that's your day that you're going to reconcile your bank accounts, you're going to pay your bills, you're going to set aside a container of time of like 30 to 45 minutes to get that done every Friday. Well, that's pretty easy, right? 30, 45 minutes to do all of that. You could do that. Well, if you do that on Friday, you're going to think, okay, I did pretty good. Do it on the next Friday. You're going to say, okay, I've done this twice. Another Friday, you start to build up this cycle of self-trust. And suddenly you're no longer a person who is the worst at money. You're a person who reconciles your accounts and pays your bills on time, right? So it really is about building in these simple habits. Now, what we can do with these habits to make them even easier, because this is what's great about habits, is habits are things that we do without thinking, right? Mm -hmm. We can build our habits off of habits we've already established. So let's say you want to reconcile your bank account and you already have, you know, a standing appointment uh, that happens, you know, on Fridays. You already have like a girlfriend that you call on Friday afternoons for prayer time or something like that. Okay, guess what happens the 45 minutes before prayer time? You do your reconciling of your Mm -hmm. accounts, right? Or let's say you're wanting to build in um, meditation, into your day. Like, oh, I need more time, more space where I can really hear God's voice. Okay. Well, one of your morning things that you do already is probably getting a cup of coffee, right? Going across the house, getting your cup of coffee. What if you left your meditation app right next to the coffee pot? So therefore you get your coffee and then you go and you meditate while you have your coffee in your hand. So it's all about creating a really easy way to build these habits. And then once you have these habits established, which you're stacking on other habits you're already doing, you start to build in this cycle of self-trust that you're like, oh, I can do this. You have a whole breadcrumb of proof for yourself where you believe that you can do it. And when we have that belief, we're able to accomplish anything. We're able to do anything when we believe in ourselves. I love that. I love that so much. And years ago, I read James Clear's Atomic Habits. Yes. And that Uh was such a game changer for me because it allowed me to go through the things that I wanted to be, quote unquote, more disciplined with, but just set up, set myself up to support myself, right? In doing that. So absolutely, I would take out my workout clothes and just have it on the counter near my toothbrush. Like, so it was like, while you're brushing your teeth, you're starting (laughs) to put on this clothes. And once it's on, that was half the battle. It was like, it really is. (laughs) It's these like, it's like, what making that barrier to entry so much easier, right? Making mm-hmm. it so much easier because what happens is you're like, I don't have time to work out, but the workout clothes, they're sitting there for you. They're waiting for you next to that toothbrush. You're not skipping brushing your teeth. At least I right. hope you're not. I definitely not. <laughs> so it's right there. So you have no excuse. Once you have your workout clothes on, it's game on. Now it's time mm-hmm. to go work out, right? Yeah. Same thing for me with having a glass of water, leaving a glass or a bottle of water out right next to my toothbrush is how I started drinking water more often. So there's lots of ways that we can really establish these patterns for ourselves. 
And it doesn't have to be one more thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to avoid. We already feel like we don't have enough time. Let's make it really simple. Let's make it really easy to get on that wayfinding map to do those little actions that get us closer to that cathedral. So good. Now, in the beginning of the book, I remember you talking about patterns and yes, and why we have to disrupt patterns that are not serving us. So while it feels mm-hmm. heavy to like, oh, another thing, the truth is, I think many of us spend a lot of time on automatic in patterns already. We're probably not like consciously aware of it, but we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time in patterns, especially ways of thinking that don't serve us anyway. Can you just kind of talk about why that doesn't necessarily help us with being on purpose? Yeah, well, it is. It's that whole mindset of, well, this is just how life is. I didn't get a good start in life. I don't have these credentials behind my name. I don't have these things. So therefore I can't do whatever it is I'm wanting to do. And our brain loves patterns. So when we have these patterns of thinking, our brain just puts them on, on repeat. Just like we talked about with the habits, our brain is this beautiful machine that does an enormous amount of things without us thinking, which is fabulous. That allows our eyes to blink. I don't have to think about blinking my eyes. I don't have to think about, okay, heart, you need to beat. You need to beat. You need to beat, right? It just does it automatically. But what happens is our brain likes to take over any chance it could get. So it does that with our thinking where we get in this habit of thinking these things about ourselves. I am the worst with money. I'm not a, I'm not a public speaker. I am the worst at whatever it is that you're thinking that you're the worst at, right? And we get in this pattern of thinking. And what happens is if we don't stop that pattern, it just continues. We have to disrupt it. So you have to recognize the pattern. And one of the first ways to really recognize the pattern of thought that's happening is to notice where your stress is showing up, where you're feeling it in your body. It's going to show up in your body either in a migraine headache or a tension headache or in your shoulders or in your back. And when you notice that, stop and ask yourself, what are the thoughts that are going through my head? Like, I know for me where the areas of stress are in my body. And so when I'm like, oh, I'm feeling some tension behind my neck, I know I need to stop and go, okay, what are the thoughts that are going through my head? Because it's stressing me out, whatever it is. Because these thoughts are happening without us even realizing it, right? Your brain is super self. So what are the thoughts I'm having? Okay, Now that I know the thought that I'm having, why do I think that? And so we go in the book into this process that I call the fifth why, where we ask the question why five times. I love this activity because it's, it's so easy. It's so simple. You can literally do it while you're driving in the car, while you're taking a shower. I did it on the plane. Did you? (laughs) I did. I did. I love that. I love it. Uh, But what it is, is it's asking that question why we don't stop to question our thinking. So when we have this, this feeling in our body, it's like, what are the thoughts going through my mind? Why do I have that? That's our first why. That first why is going to be so shallow. It is not going to get you anywhere, right? So we need to ask why again. Okay, if this is why, then let me ask why again. And let me ask why again. And we ask why five times. So that way we can get a little bit deeper without going so deep that we're asking why three million times. We're not a three-year-old. <laughs> three-year-olds will ask why all day long. We want to ask why five times to get to the heart. And that gets us to the root cause of where this story is coming from. Why is it I feel this way? So, you know, whether it's, you know, I feel like a failure and you ask yourself why, 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 why in the book, we talk about then the root cause was because I'm not planning out my evenings and I'm feeling like the day is getting away from me and I'm feeling, you know, like I'm unaccomplished at the end of the day. 
Well, when you understand that, we can take that and do something with it. We can shift that. We can add in those micro habits that we talked about just a few minutes ago. We can we can counter that. But if we don't stop to question our thinking, those patterns will just continue because our brain loves, it loves patterns. Tanya, I just, I have to read some of this because I really want you guys listening to get this. I feel like just this fifth Y exercise was worth the price of the book, right? Like was worth <laughs> reading the book it. alone. That's, that's just in chapter one. So that makes and that's me happy. in chapter one. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I'm saying like, if we learn how to acknowledge the, the real reason why we're doing or not doing something, it can unlock so much. And what we are like thinking about is, you know, what's wrong with me or why do I feel this way? All those things. And we never really get deep enough. And, you know, we love to create stories that don't necessarily. Oh, we do. We love to create stories. <laughs> we love a ourselves. good story. Mm-hmm, but so mm-hmm. I just want to share this really quickly. I have to, because I want you guys to get this and really do this for yourself. But there's so much more in the book, but this is one. So this is the example you gave. Write it out as a statement. I feel like a failure. You ask yourself why. I feel like a failure because I didn't get the promotion at work last month. Okay. So now we still need to go deeper. Then insert your reason for your first why into the beginning part of the next sentence and repeat the question why. I didn't get the promotion at work because my boss didn't think I was ready. Okay. Keep repeating the process until you get to the fifth why. My boss didn't think I was ready because I haven't gotten my advanced certification. Okay. I haven't gotten my advanced certification because I don't have time to work on it after hours. Hmm. I don't have time to work after hours because I'm not really planning my time and the evenings seem to just get away from me. Now we can get to a solution because Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. we don't keep digging into that, why we will go around telling a story. My boss hates me. Yep. I didn't get the promotion because my boss doesn't like me or they like this other person better. And there's no solution for that. There's no solution. We can't control that. There's no solution. And we allow Mm -hmm. ourselves to spiral right? Into Mm -hmm. these never ending conversations that really end up being about everybody else, as opposed to us really getting to what do I need? What, what do I want? What can I do next? Because those are things that we can actually answer a bit better, right? Because if the boss just hates you, okay, they can hate you because of hair color, eye color, skin color, height. You may remind them of an ex-lover. Like there's so many, re- right? And we can, yes. there's nothing we can do about that. But no. when you go, and our thoughts can spiral, right? From there. And you mm-hmm. spiral, right? And so I love this because it just allows you to get more intentional about finding the solution and, and being the person that actually starves problems and feeds solutions, right? It's like, I want to get to a solution so that I can move on and live intentionally and be on purpose. If I don't get to what the real thing is, I'm going to look up and two, three, five years will go by. I still won't have the promotion. I'll be a disgruntled working worker. Mm -hmm. I'll feel like a failure. I'll be questioning my gifts. I'll be questioning everything about myself. None of that is really supportive or productive. No, none of it is. None of it is. And I think that's the thing is we allow ourselves just to say, well, I feel like a failure. And that's the end of the story. We don't ask that question. And you can hear how simple it is. You ask why five times. Each time you come up with why that's 
happening, you ask why one more time. And it's just getting to that root cause. Because when that root cause appears itself to you, you can pull that root up mm-hmm. and you can shift it. You can change it. There are a million things you cannot control in this world. If we were to list them out, that list would be far too long for us to go through in a 12-year podcast alone. <laughs> There's so many things that we cannot control. We can't control our thinking. And so in that example, you can't control how your boss feels about you. You can't control if your boss doesn't like you. You can't control what your evenings look like. You can't control what you're doing with your evenings to shift that and to really step into your power. It really is about stepping into your own power and recognizing that you do have a say in your world. That yes, there are all these outside forces, but you can root down into who you are and what you want Mm -hmm. when we understand what those stories are that are going through our head. Because we can write our own narrative. Mm -hmm. So good. Because you can set boundaries and you can, as I say, pay for peace. So maybe you're spending time a couple nights a week, you know, picking up, dropping off, going to get groceries. And it's like, maybe that's where your five hours a week is going. That could be going into that certification that's going to get you on the path that you say you want. But Mm -hmm. again, until we dig deeper, we we don't don't know. know. We don't don't know. know. So but again, you can do that. You did it on the plane. So I love that because you literally can do it in the car. I've done this exercise with my kids and it's really powerful with my mm. kids to dive into when they are experiencing things at school or they're, they're struggling with some hardships with like friendships and things like that. I'll say, why is this happening? Why? And we'll get to it. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, here's what's happening. And then they're like, oh, they can take that little tool and put it in their tool belt and they can move forward. Right. But I've used this to really explore gratitude. Even Um, when I say that I'm grateful for something, I ask why five times and I really get to that root of what I'm truly grateful for. This is why I think applies in a thousand different ways. It applies if you have a business into figuring out what a problem is with a team member with, you know, really anywhere. So I love the fifth why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now with the gratitude, that's deep friend. That's good. That's yeah, good. it's it's really powerful when you because you because a lot of times we say, oh, I'm grateful for and we start with that surface level. Right. I'm grateful that John brought me lunch today. Like, I'm grateful for that. Why am I really grateful? So if I ask why again and again, I've done that before with that example. Uh, I get to the heart of I really am grateful for the fact that John is a true partner for me. That's my husband's name. Mm-hmm. John is a true partner and he sees that the work I do has value and he does what he can to support me. But I wouldn't have. I mean, like, that's so much better to be grateful for that than just Jay brought me lunch. <laughs> John right? brought me a sandwich. Me- Gerald brought me a salad, which, you know, and I'm always, I love this. Thank you for this. This is a big aha mm-hmm. for me because that is the thing that we need to lean into when we're tempted to say something different about our partner in this example, yes. right? Because yes. I have had mm-hmm. those experiences where I'm like, is Gerald really supporting me? Like what in the world? Uh-huh. You know, there are those oh, yeah. times, right? Let's yeah. be honest. John hasn't listened to a podcast episode for a few weeks. Right. And I'm like, I am putting this out in the world and you are not listening <laughs> to right? You are not supporting me. When really all the evidence points to the opposite. If I take the time and I stop and recognize it, I'll see the breadcrumbs. I like to I like to use that term breadcrumbs because that's like the crumbs behind yeah. us, like Hansel and Gretel, right? I'll see the breadcrumbs of he does support me. He just has other things going on right now and hasn't listened to the podcast or whatever it is that he somehow offended me by doing, right? This right. great offense. So it is, it's a matter of of going deeper. Any chance you can get, go deeper. You're gonna find so much, so much goodness there. You really are, no matter what it is. Oh, oh. 
You just said Gerald Washington free today. I am very happy <laughs> that we had. No, that was really, really good. I'm so glad that you were led to share that example. Very good. Oh my gosh. I just love you to pieces. There's so much on purpose that I know purpose chasers are just going to be blessed with. Um, you guys, you definitely need to get the book. But Tanya, before I go, before I let you go, I have to ask you again, because this is your second time at Redefining Wealth. I got to ask you our rapid wisdom questions. I'm really curious to see how maybe your answers have changed over the Uh last year, year and a half or so. Okay. So you're going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. First one is how do you define success? How do I define success? Well, I define it, first of all, in my own terms, and I I define it by how I feel at the end of the day. Anytime I do my planning, I think about what emotion do I want to experience at the end of the day? And that's what I focus in on. Love it. Okay. Define wealth in three words or less. Family, priorities, and impact. Love it. One book that has redefined how you see wealth. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Love that book too. Okay. Fill in the blanks. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Tanya. And the truth about wealth is it's available for every single one of us. If we choose to open our eyes and see the abundance in this beautiful world. I love it. Tanya, thank you so much for being here. This was an incredible conversation. And, And you guys, I have to tell you, the way that Tanya and I carried on today is the way that we carry on when there's no recording. Like the like so this true. Is literally we <laughs> literally just go time, back like... and forth like with all of this stuff. So I really hope that one, you pick up a copy of On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. We will be linking so it officially is on sale next week, but pre-order so that you just get your copy in the mail next week. You don't even have to think about it. I just want to make sure that you get this in your spirit, though, especially for those of you who are just the goal setters and we are all about overachieving and doing all the things. Goals are not the goals. They're the vehicle to get us right to the life that matters. It's not just yes. the goal, right? Yes. And this idea of the cathedral thinking never going to forget this. I love this so much. This is a part of what I was writing out on the plane to Arizona recently while I was reading through the book. It's the potential, right? In 20 years, what does my life look like? What's possible in the next three to five years? What's practical in the next 18 months or so? And then what should I be prioritizing right now? Get that in your spirit. It is going to change the game and the way that Tanya lays everything out in the book you want to copy for yourself for sure. So we're going to talk about it in the Redefining Well Facebook community. So make sure you come on over and share what your big takeaways were. But until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 